kids here are already prepared. Like my son is in 11th grade. He's going through life skills classes. They're teaching him how retirement works. 401k. Yep, we have adults who don't know what to do for retirement, right? You know, so it's it's preparing kids for life is is something that kids are going through here. I I hope India has started that, uh, but uh, there wasn't there when I was in school or high school. Nobody ever talked about life at all. <laughs> There's a joke, right? First become an engineer, then decide what you want to do with life. <laughs> You're listening to Ed Talk with Anuj, a podcast that takes you back to school to understand how far we all have come and the future we're all headed towards. My name is Anuj and this is my attempt to explore the evolution of the Indian education system through the lens of people from various walks of life. Happy listening. Hello and welcome back to Ed Talk with Anuj. I've titled this episode Report Card to Green Card. In India and in many parts of the world, we still get very starry-eyed about any opportunity that takes us to the proverbial land of the free and the home of the brave, the United States of America. So much so that right from school, a lot of parents have expectations that their child must be building some path towards going abroad either to study and then work or work after studying. There is what is considered to be the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, the much sought after green card or becoming a permanent resident of the US. Now, as per a 2020 report, according to the United Nations, the Indian diaspora is the largest in the world with 18 million people from the country living outside their homeland. In search of better education, better careers, better life, Hundreds of thousands of Indians go abroad every year. But is there more than meets the eye? Does our education prepare us enough to effectively assimilate in a foreign land, its culture and its work ethos? I have with me on Ed Talk with Anuj, a very dear old friend of mine. We went to college together in Hyderabad. We pursued numerous adventures in the performing arts and creative space and formed a deep friendship that has lasted two decades or a little more than that. After college, of course, he moved to Texas, built a wonderful life for himself, but did a lot more than just that. A senior leader at a major telecommunications network in the US, he's risen up the corporate ladder with hard work and integrity. And beyond his professional responsibilities, he has been intensely passionate about holding together a large part of the Indian diaspora in the United States. He's not just director of community engagement at his organization, but he has also held leadership positions at the Indian associations there. He's extremely active in the areas of cultural integration, diversity, inclusivity and betterment of communities at large. And as a father to two wonderful children, he's here to help me explore the differences in education structure across continents. Also a note for listeners, this episode will primarily be in English, mixed with a little bit of two other languages, some Hindi, and the language of our land, Dakhni. So, thank you, Mohammed Salman Farshori. I'll call you Salman, of course. That's the name we go by in our close friend circles. Uh, thank you so much for being on Ed Talk with Anuj. And uh, I know we are across different time zones. It's 9 o'clock there for you, right? Yes. 9 in the night and it's early morning for me uh, here. So, 
भाई टेल मी मार्क्स कितने आए आपको स्कूल में लाइक हाउ मेनी हाउ मच व्हाट वाज योर रिपोर्ट कार्ड लाइक फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल थैंक्स फॉर इनवाइटिंग मी बडी या दिस इज ऑसम मार्क्स का मत पूछ भाई इफ यू इफ आई टॉक टू माय 13 ईयर ओल्ड 12 ईयर ओल्ड मायसेल्फ आई 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 वुड बी शॉक्ड दैट आई एम वेयर आई एम यू नो प्रेज गॉड बिकॉज़ आई आई वाज I can't even remember how many times teacher had called me the word muddu which means dumb right in 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 india uh, i used to constantly fail in math i could never focus in sciences like physics biology was totally out of my my league uh, i was one of those artsy student who were so focused on music and art i wasn't built for to become an engineer let's put it that way right i would be a horrible engineer i would have been a disgusting architect i mean my career would have been very different if i had gone into any of those science fields uh, I, i wasn't built for that so marks so bahut bure hai bhai uh, i i don't know how i passed 10th uh, high school bhi aise nikal gaya and you know i uh, but i was very blessed to uh, be in uh, get the opportunity to be in nizam college which really changed the way i was looking at life you know thanks to friends like you uh, where i saw other options Uh, other than just the two, three, four diff- types of jobs that everyone is running after, uh, you know, and uh, uh, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, and then when I moved to the U.S., the the biggest, the best advice I got from a mentor was, your career is what you paid for, but your purpose in life is what you made for. Go find your purpose. Your career is what you paid for, but your purpose in life is what you made for. very interesting i'm going to i'm going to make a note of that what was growing up in school like what were school days like in in india especially in in hyderabad the yeah, school, school days were great you know i went to uh, nazareth high school uh, it was in abits and uh, all of us all of us uh, brothers we all three of us went to uh, nazareth my sister went to nazareth school uh, and uh, it was very simple school you know schools used to be very school life was so simple back days right and especially when you wear a uniform you never worried about anything it's the same uniform every day it's the same rickshaw wala that's taking you to school it's the same different box it's, it was very <laughs> deja vu kind of life but uh, i mean there were moments right when uh, nowadays we have terms for you know if a child is struggling with this this is what the child is going through or you know there is there are terms like dyslexia or there are you know uh, kids that are dealing with um, you know kids that have special needs or you know some of the kids are just going through anxiety i mean all these words are were they didn't really exist in our dictionary so yeah school life was there i had my share of anxiety i had my share of feeling uh like you know i'm not going to make it out of the school or i'm going to fail and you know those fears were there but everyone was just running with it right so we i i went with it yeah what what syllabus uh, was <clears throat> did you it follow it was icse oh it was icse okay yeah. it was it was the one of the toughest ones yeah uh, to deal with uh, and uh, uh, so yeah it's uh, the delhi board right we used to call it the delhi icse board uh, so yeah. i i'm i'm an icse student and icse uh, which is indian certificate secondary uh examinations yeah used to be senior cambridge in that it was a british syllabus a british designed syllabus and up until uh, i think if i'm not wrong the 70s the 
senior Cambridge syllabus that was in India, new uh, the exam papers used to come from the UK to all across schools in India. Then children would of course answer them. Those answer sheets would be sent back to the US uh, to the UK. They would be evaluated and then they would get their report cards, including languages like Telugu or or Hindi or any uh, vernacular or regional languages in the syllabus were also the question was also question paper was made in the UK and sent to India. It was after that then Senior Cambridge became ICSC. So, but I think that culture still continued, right? Because uh, Anuj, I never thought about it, right? Uh, when, I, when I came to the US, I started focusing on diversity, equity, inclusion, gender equality. Then I started realizing that, you know, our school system never really introduced us to English writers that were Indian or or female writers. I mean, Amrita Pritham is the only one I can think of in my entire ICSE syllabus that I read that, you know, in the English uh, literature. Of course, in Hindi, you know, we read through a lot of them, but mostly ma- men, right? Yeah, yeah. Mostly men. And so it was very male-dominated. And if it was, and if you see it from a, from a English language uh, angle, it was mostly the William Wordsworth, the Alfred Lord Tennyson's, and, you know, so it, it was almost like we were never exposed to the local talent of India. And so I think, you know, that it's something that we don't think about in an everyday life. Like, we were never exposed to that, right? So, yes, the, the, the I don't know what we call, what's the term for it, but it's more of the colonial education effect Colonial hangover. Colonial hangover. You have, of course, grown up, you know, around a legend in the media and literary circles in in Hyderabad and also a large part of Bombay at that time, uh, uh, Aslam Farshori Saab, your father, who's been, who's such such an incredible reservoir of information and knowledge and, you know, cultural knowledge and language and, and the creative arts. But when someone asked you in school what you wanted to be, what would you say? I wanted to be an archaeologist. I wanted to be an Egyptologist. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was so, like, I was in love with Egypt. I just always wanted to just go live there. And obsessed was is the word. I was obsessed with Egypt. My uncle, you know, came back with some slides and some, you know, books uh, from, uh, from uh, Jeddah. He used to work there and he brought some stuff. And, you know, as a little kid, when you were exposed to something which, you know, it wasn't, see, there was no internet. So when you see some certain things, you get you get obsessed with it. Like, oh, what is this? Like this, I've never seen anything like this. So, you know, uh, as I grew older, I realized that, you know, it's not a very uh, good goal. It's, it's uh, you know, yeah, you know, you're struggling to pass 10th grade and you're like, yeah, right. There is no way I'm going to become an Egyptologist ever. <laughs> So it's, uh, that's what I wanted to be, Anuj. I, but I was exposed to art. I was exposed, exposed to literature, poetry, music, because of just the family that I was around, right? And, and I think that was the beauty. I was so blessed that I wasn't around a lot of folks who uh, were putting that pressure of, you know, you have to become an engineer or you have to become a doctor or anything like that, because they were not in that field, right? And... They were all in art. Like my mom is a writer. Dad, you know, of course, through All India Radio, ETV Urdu channel, and, you know, he's a writer as well. My, my poopy is a writer. 
Shri Padmashree. You know, so it's it's just that whole uh, circle growing up. Uh, I, I I didn't uh, uh, you know didn't really, but never thought that you know I would ever. Uh, I, I didn't sing till I was like in tenth grade. My my family didn't know that I sing. You know, bro. So it's it's you know I sing and I know I sing. <laughs> my circle in college and high school figured it out. But yeah, I was it just there. You know, so, yeah. I mean. you you are such an incredible bundle of talent with singing and and poetry and you know everything that that you do around the arts as a hobby right now more than you know a profession that that you've taken up but it's interesting that you say that you did not think about all of this until much later because now that you are in the US and i've seen you over the last many years that you've been there you have integrated culture and the arts into community initiatives over there what sparked that off because you're one of the thousands and thousands of people who've gone to the us to pursue a better way of life to pursue your career but not everybody says hey i'm going to become one of the pillars of the community where did that start i think you know one is of course uh, the advice Uh, early advice that i shared right your your career is what you're paid for but your purpose in life is what you're made for so go find your purpose and you know growing up in a family where everyone was so involved in the community at you know i'll just share one example like any event happening in hyderabad you know i used to be backstage i barely sat in the audience i always saw my dad involved right he was backstage he was working with the artists the actors the celebrities so that kind of exposure tells you the power that engagement brings uh initially it all begins with you know i need my name out there i need to go get involved and then slowly if you get involved with the right organization then you form this passion towards it right you cuz you you yourself as a young person in your 20s you're still trying to figure out that what what do i care about as an individual what 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 are my you know uh, what are my areas of expertise what is my superpower what what can i bring to the table right and then when you are in a different land when you are not around people that you grew up you like you've changed your language you you go through cultural shock and then you go you know you you immediately realize that you know if you're not at the table you're on the menu and you have to make sure okay how do i get at the table right how do i make sure that uh you know i i i'm i'm in decision making and people who don't look like me or think like me are making decisions about me and not everyone thinks that way anuj because you know i uh i think the one good thing that i did when i came to this country is i i studied the history of this country and when you study the history of this country uh be it india if someone is moving to india or someone is moving from india to the us i highly recommend folks please study the history because if you study history then you don't walk into this country as a privileged minority uh you immediately realize that okay i'm not going to mistake my privilege as freedom you know you said the land of the free uh because if i don't know the history i'm going to walk in i'm going to get that six figure job as a it guy and then i'm going to live in the suburbs in a nice house uh 
find these four or five Indian families that, you know, that I get along with. And then I live a few decades in this country, right? And not get involved in the community. I don't care what's happening in the South part of Dallas or what's happening with the black community or Hispanic community or Asian hate. I just totally ignore myself and say, I'm a privileged person or I just mistake that privilege as freedom. I said, no, I'm free. Hey, I'm a minority. I'm doing everything right and this country is treating me well. So with that mindset, yes, you can live a very peaceful life, but uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not good in the long run because going back to the point, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu, right? I'm still a minority. I still want people to uh, see the Indian community as part of the community, right? Not the Indian community, but once you're here, you're here, you're part of this community. And if you're not involved, well, you're not involved. You're not in decision making. So I think there were a lot of things, a lot of things that played a role in me getting very intentionally involved with the community. Some were very natural, you know, got involved through cultural organizations and through cultural, somebody's like, hey, you're so good at this, come and support this cause. And then got involved with employee resource group and got more focused on diversity, equity, inclusion. And I tell people, you know, it's, it's, I, I, you know, right now my biggest focus is gender equality. I, I champion gender equality. I'm a big time feminist. I'm a proud feminist. And I wasn't like this. You know, I'm one of those guys who have laughed at sexist jokes. I've shared sexist jokes, right? But it takes, it. you have to take that shift. You have to understand unless you go and have those conversation and dialogue with people who are not like you, pray like you, think like you, vote like you, you are... You'll never understand them. And it's so easy to tolerate. Like if Anuj has a mindset, I can just sit and tolerate, not say anything. But uh, tolerance is for cowards. You know, anyone can tolerate. <laughs> it doesn't take much <laughs> to tolerate someone, right? Hmm. But what what really uh, is needed uh, as for our community is to go from tolerance to understanding through dialogue. And I think I realized it immediately that I need to go out and sit with people, talk to people, understand people that are not Asian Indian. And that's the only way you can get involved in the community the right way. Wow. The Indian diaspora, especially in the United States, uh, people come in, in in various capacities. Somebody's coming in to study. Someone's coming in, you know, on a work visa. And then, you know, they, they choose to uh, settle there. Uh, or somebody's just coming in to, to start a business or as a dependent on on somebody who's already working there. There's so many various ways that people, often there are migrants and refugees and, uh, you know, people seeking asylum. Does our education, specifically from an Indian point of view, does our education enable us enough or empower us enough to effectively assimilate in another culture, in in another land? How does our education play a role in helping us assimilate at an, as an adult? As an adult, got it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very broad question, right, when you think about it. Because it depends. The, the thing is, it depends on where the person was raised, what city, which state, right? It, I mean, India is so diverse and so different, right? Every And it, there is no such thing as, you know, an Indian school system. I mean... Studying in a small town in UP versus studying in, you know, some top-notch private school in Hyderabad is a night and day difference in that child coming to United States versus some child growing up in a small town in India. Uh, 
a child growing up reading Tinkle versus a child growing up reading Asterix and Obelix and Tintin and, and Archie's, the, 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 the assimilation, right? The understanding the American culture, someone watching the watching Friends or, you know, uh, Wonder Years or, you know, like a kid of the 90s, right? Growing up watching those shows, uh, coming to the U.S. is very different than a child who's never seen what America is like, right? So there are, there are those gaps, Anuj. And, and, you know, when you see the American school system, it focuses so much on communication, on marketing, on life skills, on innovation, right? The, the, how do you create that innovation mindset, right? How do you create employers, not employees, mindset? Uh, the confidence, right? The, the kids here have that confidence that, you know, like, uh, even if they don't know much, they may not be as smart as some of the kids, but the confidence is there, right? The confidence to talk to adults. We weren't raised like that. Calling, like my biggest cultural shock was calling people who were my parents' age with their first name. That was my first culture shock. I'm like, you know, don't call me sir, don't call me Mr. This, you know, that's my dad's name, call me this. You know, call me John, call me Mike. So that was a cultural shock. But there are young kids, you know, they're, they're treated as equal, they stand up, they speak up. So I think those are some of the things. And, uh, you know, even though I was raised in a very middle class, uh, you know, a, a neighborhood where all the kids used to speak English, went to a school, a nice school. I grew up reading all these American, you know, comics, watched American shows. I still struggled when I came here to uh, understand the culture. So that's when I felt like, imagine someone who is not exposed at all to that culture. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, accent plays a big role. How, of how quickly you, you uh, grasp the pronunciation. And accent is what? It's just the pronunciation, right? How we pronounce, we, you know, uh, uh, I, I tell people, you know, I speak Indian English. <laughs> there is such a thing as Indian English, right? If there is South African English, if there is Sri Lankan English, there is Indian English, right? And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's. I think, Anuj, uh, from a IT perspective, uh, Indian schools are perfect. The Indian school system, right? Uh, there is uh, no uh, chances of error. You know, like in our language, we call it ratta maro. You know, mm. like... Little error in the program is going to cost you hours of work, right? So that mindset of, you know, just focusing on, you know, how things are and and it's it's when you have that artsy mind where you cannot focus on things like that, I think that 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 those kind of folks are very successful. You know, communication, people with communication skills innovative skills, uh, uh, folks who have this confidence of present presentation skills. You know, I'm talking about an adult coming into for a job or even college, right? Applying for scholarships sometimes is a big deal. A lot of kids just don't know how to go, where to, how to find mentors, how to convert a coach into a mentor, into a sponsor. Those little things that kids here are already prepared. Like my son is in 11th grade. He's going through life skills classes. They're teaching him how retirement works. 401k. Yep, we have adults who don't know what to do for retirement, right? You know, so it's it's preparing kids for life is is something that kids are going through here. I I hope India has started that. 
अपने वक्त तो नहीं था दे वॉज इन देयर वन आई वॉज इन स्कूल और हाई स्कूल नो बडी एवर टॉक टू हर्ट लाइफ एट ऑल अपने वक्त तो वो लाइफ बोले तो इंजीनियरिंग कर लो या मेडिसिन कर लो वो बाद में सैलरी अच्छा मिल जाता अडल्ट you finished your masters in hyderabad and then you you know went to the us to uh, get a job uh, you got you got it to further your career did they check how many marks you got or there were there other aspects of you and your personality and your thinking that they were more interested in no it was all about how you give the interview uh, of course you know they want to make sure that you have a degree right for certain jobs it's required and a lot of jobs in the us it's not but i have seen people with you know bachelor's degrees going in really high positions you know i've had uh, one job i had and you know you get that imposter syndrome hits you like what am i doing here you know all these legends around me you know uh, every team member of mine was from an ivy league uh, college uh, i was the only team member who had no degree from the us and this was a product marketing role and you know i was very proud of myself but at the same time that imposter syndrome would always kick in like oh this person went to like this one went to yale and you keep thinking like oh my god like <laughs> i went to nizam college right it's <laughs> like it's a great college but you start thinking like do they even know what osmania university is like when i say oh you for them it's oklahoma university not osmania right it's, it's, <laughs> it's so it's a good way to 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 you know just tell people like where did you go i went to ou like oh okay oklahoma <laughs> so it's uh, you know it's it's uh, i i honestly i mean i've been 17 years in the company i don't think anyone has ever asked me uh, what my grades were uh and in reality i don't think anyone is asking the the adults in india who are working who are doing great work in their jobs working for american companies or indian companies no one is asking what were your grades right and and the reality is grades don't decide your future at all uh, but they do decide your you know uh, they do pull students down because we are living in a very different day and age right uh, uh they it really can pull kid down i cannot even imagine the school i went to the teachers used to call you out in the middle of the class what your rank was or how many scores you had in their subject so Whoa. imagine a 10 year old 9 year old kid walking all the way passing every student grabbing the report card going back to the seat so the only thing you used to pray is i don't want to be the last one in the class so well, you know it's like but in a way yes it was a different time right cuz things didn't we didn't take things with us to to you know there was no social media things didn't follow us from school to the house 
the playground wasn't digital the playground was i i i'm doing horrible at school but i go to the neighborhood playground nobody cares what i'm doing i'm just having fun Right, so the, the trauma is confined to the classroom to the, to the or classroom. a certain area. Now yeah. it's expanded, right? The kids are seeing other kids having a phenomenal life. They are like vacationing. They are doing this. Your parents are praising, doing this certification, getting this medal. You know, those. You know, all that is happening, and it's putting unnecessary pressure. We didn't have unnecessary pressure. You know, jitna try, jitna la handle kar sakte the. Life, we 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 got that kind of pressure, right? we were never exposed to other kids lifestyle i'll give you an example i honestly sab ek hi uniform pehnte the you know kisi ki jeb phati hui hai ya kisi ka joota char baar sila hua hai doesn't matter right we were all wearing the same uniform it wasn't till high school i realized which of my friends were rich which were poor and which were middle class after they started wearing the colored uniforms and they went to different colleges some struggled phir jab bachelor's degrees mein aaye then you realize it more so it's it's almost like the uniform kept us one i did, and another thing i never knew i knew that some were muslim some were hindu sikh kids were you know very easily identifiable i didn't know ki kon jain hai ya kon शिया है या कौन बच्चा स्कूल का uh you know the uh, reality shows and all that so it's you know well, life was very simple it was very simple and you know uh when i uh, i had uh, i don't know if we have time to uh i had written this about hyderabad anuj that you know i would like to uh, read this poetry that i had written yes please ki, uh, go ahead jab last time mai hyderabad aaya tha so you know ek experience hota hai apne bachpan ka ek hyderabad ek image hai and there is image of hyderabad in your mind and you kind of miss it to maine likha tha ki in unchi phaili hui imaraton ke beech yahan kabhi mera shehar hua karta tha ye anjani bheed mein lipti hui sadkon par kabhi sukoon hua karta tha mandiron ki ghantiyon aur azan ki awazon par aankh khula karti thi बड़े ही सब्र से मेरे शहर की सुबह मेरी शाम से मिला करती ये शहर का हर मोहल्ला और हर गली मुझे पहचानती थी मेरे साथ चलती थी मैं एक मोड़ पर ठहर गया ये शहर मुझसे आगे निकल गया वो जो शहर का अपना लहजा था खुलूस था अदब था सलीका था मोहब्बतें थी जुनून था जायका था गुरूर था सब अपने थे मानो एक सपना था आज भी कभी भागदौड़ की जिंदगी का कोहरा हटता है तो दूर मेरा बचपन वाला धुंधला सा शहर नजर आता है वो लोग कहाँ गए वो चेहरे किधर गए ऐ शहर हुसन हैदराबाद तुझको किसकी नजर लगी सो जस्ट वॉन्टेड टू शेयर दर ख्याल की वाह दिल से निकली आवाज है कि कि जो फीलिंग आती है अपने शहर में जाने के बाद यू नो स्टिल इट्स ब्यूटिफुल 
Hyderabad uh-huh. is beautiful. Hyderabadis are beautiful, but it's so different, right? It's it's it has changed. Like it's a it's a night and day difference uh, of the Hyderabad that you and I grew up in. But har vakt ki har door ki apni ek khubsurti hoti hai. So Yashwar, to maine apne us pe likha. Jo maine kaha ki you know ki मैं एक मोड़ पर ठहर गया शहर मुझसे आगे निकल गया एंड वो जो मोड़ है दैट्स व्हेन आई लेफ्ट हैदराबाद राइट सो एक दिमाग में एक पिक्चर बैठ जाती है कि ये अपना शहर है बट यू नो वी डूइंग अ लॉट ऑफ वर्क फॉर द कम्युनिटी हैदराबाद हैज अ ह्यूज पॉपुलेशन आई बीन वेरी इन्वॉल्व विद हैदराबाद कम्युनिटी एंड यू नो आई आई एम सो प्राउड ऑफ हाउ द इंडियन कम्युनिटी द फर्स्ट जनरेशन दे दे रियली you know cuz they they never their parents were so focused on uh, survival that the first generation you know just 70s mein aaye you know their parents obviously were the ones born uh, right after world war so unka focus pura wahi tha you know ki uh, safety survival ki achhi job mile government sarkari naukri you know all that so they focus on that and then their parents you know the 70s 80s mein jo aaye yahan pe shuru mein देर ऑल फोकस फॉर स्टैंडर्ड ऑफ लिविंग की भाई हमें अपना भी स्टैंडर्ड बढ़ाना है और अपने फैमिलीज का इंडिया में भी बढ़ाना है सो वन देर किड्स केम आई वॉज यू नो वन यू सी दो फर्स्ट सेकेंड जनरेशन अमेरिकन इट्स इट्स सो ब्यूटिफुल यू नो हाउ इट्स देर कल्चर देर अमेरिकन राइट देर जस्ट हैपन टू बी एजियन इंडियन बट देर अमेरिकन एंड आई लव हाउ द फोकस फॉर सो मच ऑन एजुकेशन अनुज एंड इन अ वे इट वॉज गुड इन अ वे इट वॉज बैड क्योंकि यू नो दैट दे स्टिल अमेरिकन पेरेंट्स इंडियन एशियन इंडियन पेरेंट्स हु कैन बी द यू एस दे स्टिल वॉन्टेड देर किड्स टू बी इंजीनियर्स एंड डॉक्टर्स फर्क ये था कि दे वॉन्टेड टू बी एम आई टी इंजीनियर्स एंड दे वॉन्टेड देर किड्स टू बी हार्वर्ड लॉयर्स एंड दे वॉन्टेड देर किड्स टू बी गो टू द बेस्ट मेडिकल स्कूल बट अब अब जो चेंज आ रहा है ना अनुज सर्वाइवल एंड स्टैंडर्ड ऑफ लिविंग इज नो लॉन्गर अ फोकस राइट इट्स 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 दीज किड्स हैव inheritance inheritance makes a huge difference there is backlog there is wealth behind them uh, there is no issues of job security you know parents have done well these kids are now exploring they're innovating they're going in art they're going in media you're seeing indians like coming in tv channels and news and they're becoming journalists and that's the beauty that's what we want to see right kyunki wo you know i i, I tell uh, uh, there was this really beautiful article this uh, uh, actually it was a guy who was saying that uh, you know it was like a parenting one on one that you know your child job in reality is to abandon you little by little as they mature <laughs> and your job is to let them do that This Because this sentence is very traumatic for a lot of Indian parents. Huh? I should tell yes. you that. Yes, maybe abandon is not a good word, but that's the reality, right? Because the that concept that the kid also has his own life now. <laughs> it's very difficult to handle, right? That you know, like, and then the kids at the same time, you know, it's like as parents, young parents, right? I, I'm forty-one. My son is sixteen, right? In in and and when you, when I think about it. you know uh in in like uh yeah seven years he will be the age i was married and i know that while 
he will be growing, I'll be growing old, so he'll be watching me grow old. And I need to focus on my life, my retirement. My wife and I will focus on our, you know, next phase of life. And he's focusing on his first phase of life, like going out in the world and doing whatever he wants to do, right? Uh, and same thing with my daughter, whatever she wants to do, right? So it's, it's, it's creating that mindset, and that's the mindset that a lot of Indian parents were scared of when someone goes to America or London, ki don't be like them. And this is exactly what they mean. <laughs> don't be like... Don't be you know, like... Americans, where, you know, where they give all these freedoms to their kids and their kids leave them. Like, no, it's not leaving. It's their life. They, you, you, you know, uh, India is different, right? It's, it's a different, it's a cultural thing. But if you're here, you have to follow that culture because then you are kind of, uh, you know, uh, not helping them. Because this is a land of opportunity. And I completely believe in it. Anything you want to do in this country, you can do it. And and I, I, I truly believe in it. Your thoughts actually bring me to, to my next question, which is, of course, if, if I can quote uh, Khalil Gibran, uh, who said, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. They And though they are with you, Yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might. The archer meaning the creator. And the parents are just bows, but you know, you are a father to two beautiful children uh, growing up in the United States. They were born and raised in the United States. As a new parent, what were the culture shocks that you went through when they were growing up in an American culture and not the Indian culture completely? I mean, they, they were in a mix of cultures because you had an Indian culture with your home and your family and friends around, but they're growing up as, an, as Americans. So what was your culture shock initially? It's, uh, I mean, there were, you know, not many, you know, because I, I, I think I had uh, mentally prepared myself seeing, you know, because so, I had family here. So I've seen you know, my niece, nephews growing up here, uh, just talking to parents. Uh, but uh, one thing that I think a lot of parents do is uh, you have to study, you, you actually start studying your, your culture and faith uh, more than you would in India because your kids will question you and you cannot uh, treat them the way our parents treat like you don't question it's it's almost like you know the term that indoctrination is not education right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like this is how it is you don't question this right it's like no you can't do that because they will question it because they are not seeing representation in schools and that's one of the first thing right you're they're not a lot of uh you know, what I was sharing with you that we didn't read a lot of Indian uh, writers or female writers. So there is not a lot of representation for Asians in, in the school system. They're not reading, they're not seeing, right? Just recently, like five years ago, you started seeing some Asians in movies and you started seeing Muslims, pick, you know, portrayed as, as normal human beings. Breaking not, stereotypes. You know, yeah, the stereotypes are going away because... Yeah. Because, you know, what I said, right, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu, 
people actually went and started questioning authorities and said, hey, you are the producer, you're the filmmaker, you're the TV, you cannot represent us this way. That's exactly what I meant when I said, you know, like if someone is not portraying the Hindu community properly, we need more Hindu representatives in media. Because they are the only, if you're not there, who's telling these people that this is wrong, right? So that is, that was one of the first thing that we realized that our kids are going to come back. They're going to ask questions. Why do we do it this way? You know, somebody said this. So you start preparing, like even simple things like the way we pray. I never question my parents, you know. So you, as a parent, you have to be more prepared. Just like, you know, as teachers prepare more for exams than students sometimes. So same, same way, there's more pressure on you. But if you don't want your kids to follow that culture, religion, then, you know, totally fine. But those little things, you have to, you know, be ready to explain to your kids why you do that. And sometimes in India, we never think about it twice, like telling a child why they have to be doing certain things. It's sacrilege to question in a a large percentage of households in India or growing up. It's sacrilege to question. How how can you question? You know, this is what we've been doing for years. So uh, that ability to question everything around you, I think, is a huge part of education. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's what gives them the confidence to ask questions. And that's what's making their mind more innovative. That's what's making their mind, you know, uh, that's what's uh, helping them with communication, giving them the confidence to ask, get comfortable in uncomfortable situations. You know, it's the... And that's the mindset that's needed in this crazy world today, right? It's You need people to stand up, speak up, you know, gone are the days, put your head down and do your work and, you know, you will be successful because I tell people that as long as humans are responsible for your career growth and your uh, next level growth and your steps, uh, 100% meritocracy will never work. There is no such thing as meritocracy. Like, oh, Anuj is great. No, it's... How Anuj brands himself, how Anuj presents himself, what are people saying when Anuj is not in the room is all that matters, you know. And and uh, and a lot of times people who are coming from India, they don't focus on those things, building the brand, communications skills, marketing themselves, you know, not just the product they're selling, but themselves, focusing on their own, uh, you know, uh, brand. Uh, and uh, th- that those are huge. Those, that's what sells. You have to sell yourself out there uh, if you are trying to either you're a business you have to sell your business but your own brand too you know so how do you introduce yourself to exactly. people or to companies or to so when you look at your kids study or go through their educational experience in the united states what do you wish you had been taught back in school in india uh, i think from a school angle Right. I, I, life is skills is definitely one of them. Like, you know, uh, financial literacy is something that you know, as a high schooler, my son is learning. I didn't worry about financial literacy, tax, what is 401k and retirement plans. And they're talking about Medicare and, you know, Medicaid with these kids. I'm like, why? You're not even 20. But it's putting it in their mind that. You know, this is how life works. You have to prepare for the future. Uh, you know, kids are talking about NFTs. You know, teenagers are talking about NFTs and crypto. And my son knows everything. You know, I'm, I'm trying to teach him, you know, this is how he, <laughs> this, this market works. But 
there are 11 14 year olds uh, dealing in crypto now they they making a lot more money than, than their parents there's a 13 year old I, i actually joked about it there's a 13 year old who made like $400,000 in crypto and uh, and <laughs> i was like what was i doing when i was 12 uh yeah i was up on the antenna so that my family could watch chitrahar i was adjusting the antenna that was the closest <laughs> i got to technology at that age you know i would go down the roof and i would shout like agya and my brother like stay there let me finish the song i'm like okay i'm holding <laughs> everyone everyone born you know before 1990 it can yeah. relate very hard the, the, the late 80s and the early 90s everyone correct. can relate to that the, the antenna correct, correct. you know so it, it's um, no it's i mean life has changed so much and but it's it's hard to compare right because i don't know what the indian education system how much it has evolved right but i know because i'm i'm supporting some of the most rural and underserved areas in india through the work i do uh, so i know that it's not where it's it's supposed to be uh, uh, it goes back to the privilege right there are kids who are very privileged in india who are going to private schools who are going through some amazing you know education system the schools hire the best of the best teachers they're providing them you know the the structure the the safety net and all that is there uh, very nri level school you know and a lot of nri kids are studying in india so you know as as we used to say paisa fek tamasha fek right it's like as long as you can throw money you can enjoy all the luxuries of life but unless the public schools get to that point because my kids are going to public schools public schools here and also depending on the city and the zip code not all public schools in america are phenomenal right but most of them are there is a standard though right there is a standard so the random people are not elected you know just making decisions about your child's future so it's the you know i don't remember in india us electing who sits on the school board or who's you know it the local city is making those decisions and dip, and if the school does well the district does well then they get more money so it's all connected right there is a reward system too and and i think that's that's the beauty that i really like about uh, you know hopefully you know inshallah if india gets to that point but 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 people feel ki it doesn't matter if my child goes to a public school or private school they will be fine they will be fine right I, there is no such thing ki private school uh, is the way to success in the us no majority of the kids go to public schools here and public schools are doing great work there is no difference there's some public schools which will beat a private school in india any day i asked you what you wish you had been taught in school in india but i'm also going to change the same question a little bit is when you look at your kids study or go through their educational experience in the united states what part of education in india do you wish you could make them experience i mean it's something that i'm doing on our own me and amra are doing on our own but there was uh, a subject on which that i went through in icse till 7th grade which it was called moral science moral science right remember <laughs> yes i don't know if it's still there in india but it was such a beautiful thing right uh, i used to remember like that they used to teach us stories of uh, you know how to treat your elders and how to treat your you know the elders in society not people in family right the stories are like instilled in our mind like i can close my eye and 
literally picture the stories that we went through. You know, be it uh, you know the story of uh, the older man who's making this bowl, so his grandson makes it for his parents and say, now you go and so I, you can beg when you get old. Or you know, Amrita Pritam stench of kerosene. You know, those mm. kind of things. Oh. It's it's uh, it's you know social issues. You know, because that the stench of kerosene was had a social issue around it. You know, like how uh, domestic violence and you know it, in the in 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 the uh, in a way which we were exposed to, we all got emotional. I remember that, like, oh my God, like this guy did this to his wife. So, you know, those kind of stories going through in, in you know, as part of your curriculum and sometimes teachers talking about Hinduism and Jainism and Buddhism and Islam and at a very high level, right? Not going too deep into it, but just the basic understanding of faith of people around me, right? It is so important. A lot of time, you know, kids don't look into these things. Uh, and that way, if there is a little bit of understanding, people are not going to make fun or just, you know, fall into the 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 trap of propaganda machines. And, you know, because we're, we're dealing with a very different generation. You know, I hope India still has moral science, right? It's, India still has, you know, they're teaching kids about uh, other schools uh, and other faiths, other religions, other, uh, you know, groups of people before they join WhatsApp University. We are very blessed that we didn't have all this side drama going on where someone was trying to teach us, you know, the wrong things. We, we, we had two channels, version two, and that's it. And there was one news, one, two times a day, and that's it. That was news. And every child in India was going through the exact same experience that it was so unique that if a child growing up in Delhi, UP, Kerala, Chennai, doesn't matter what part of India, if the child grew up in the 90s, he watched the exact same shows, the Malgudi days. There is a connection. These children don't have that. There is no unique experience. My son is probably watching something on YouTube, which no child has ever watched. Like, you know, it's, it's just... Very, they're isolated in their own they're, bubbles. They're, yeah, they're, they're in their own thing. And, and a lot of times that disconnects people. Uh, so... I think world science would definitely be something that I feel is much needed. And this fast-paced life, kids dealing with anxiety, depression, and all this is growing more and more common. Mental health, I wish it was there. You know, meditation, mindfulness, you know, the colonial education system. I wish we had mindfulness as part of our school curriculum, you know. Uh, uh, and, and it is uh, now it is now coming in the conversations have begun thankfully uh, but but see here's the thing model science uh, as much as I as I love the fact that you know we were taught so much of it there is a bit of a gray area because model science also services a collective conscience right so model science is in service of the societal conscience or uh, maintaining social fabric so when we are saying respect the elders in society. I don't oppose that. But today's children um, and generations, very rightfully so, are also questioning that I will not respect age. I will respect deeds. I will exactly. respect intentions. And that was just one example, right? Because moral science was very... Yeah, wide. yeah, of course. Moral science is a very, very vast umbrella. And it is a I'm science like at the that. end of the day. I, I Exactly. And I'm just like that, right? I don't respect the age. I respect the person and how they treat people. Absolutely. And, and that's the beauty. Of, and that's the big difference. Anuj, when I sh when I shared that example of the cultural shock of young kids calling 50, 60 year old people with their first name, not even using Sir or Mr. 
those are things where, you know, that barrier goes away, the age barrier goes away. You know, like don't respect me, respect the work and treat me like if I'm working with you as a peer, as a colleague, if you're doing the same job, you know, don't, you know, hierarchy goes away, right? The, the Indian government uh, system created this whole hierarchy and I, that was a cultural shock for me when I came here, you know, a lot of, uh, in a lot of roles. It doesn't matter how high someone is, they'll talk to you just like you're, you know, you're like a peer. But I, my dad was a government officer. You know, I, I know how hierarchy works in India. I mean, uh, Babu culture, right? It's, uh, <laughs> I tell people the big difference on which that I have felt, uh, you know, the, when, when we used to write uh, essay writing or letter writing, if you remember, our parents went through the whole, uh, you know, British school system and they used to write, your faithful servant, your obedient servant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, and it, the servant word, word went away in the 70s or 60s. We started writing your obediently, yours faithfully. You remember, we, we, we yeah, were yeah. taught these words. Yeah. Yeah. Go tell a child today in Indian schools to say you're obediently. Like what in the world what? is your obediently? <laughs> Why would I say that? Thank you. You know. Yeah. I write, I write regards or I write cheers with an exclamation yeah. but mark. But you remember they taught us that. Yeah. Your yours faithfully. faithfully. So school system was creating employees. Hmm. That mindset of employees that you have to be obedient to your whoever you report to. Yeah, school system leaders don't do that. They don't push that agenda on you. So now with these emerging conversations, uh, with the mindset that is that has evolved to a to a great level now in India or even in the United States, of course, kids being exposed to so many different ideologies, they are being encouraged to question. There is now a, a, a paradigm shift from traditional school education to exploring passions, to exploring what you are made for, as, as you rightly said, not just what you are paid for. Is IT still a draw for Indian communities that come in as you experience them, so many of them that come in from India? Is IT still a draw or is there a lot more happening? Because again, with India... We have made tremendous advancements in science and technology in the business space with uh, startups, with the innovation culture in India. Are people still drawn to the green card as they used to be once upon a time? Not even once upon a time in the recent past. I mean, the, the brain drain has slowed down, but it hasn't stopped, right? It hasn't America stopped. is still the land of opportunity. Uh, you know, and, and it, it's a give and take relationship, both sides, right? Uh, American companies cannot survive without H1s. A lot of these technology companies need that talent, right? And what what is H1B, right? It's basically the company saying that this, uh, you know, some people call it the genius visa, right? We need this talent, this this these very talented people to come and help us because we're struggling to find that here. So. They're creating opportunities. Of course, it's helping the economy back there. And these people are lifting families, right? One child comes to the U.S., lifts the family up in India, right? Because uh, if the child is making six-figure salary, that's a pretty good money. And what what's happening is, you know, a lot of these talent is going back with, the, with this corporate mindset of how companies work and how to become a global service provider and all of that, right? So... I think uh, it's a give and take. Uh, 
the the way America needs the Indian uh, you know workforce. Uh, the Indian workforce is also because right now there are not that many opportunities. You know, there's the unemployment is so high that uh, Indians are still going out looking for jobs. Like you said, like one of the largest diaspora. I mean, and and it, right now Indians are the fastest growing community in Texas, uh, to the point that. You know, so many Asian Indians are running for offices. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, one of the other is, you know, a little superior when it comes to, I think it's equal. You know, both of them need each other right now. Uh, and, you know, hopefully there'll be a time when, you know, we're investing in our STEM education, we're investing in our, you know, school system, uh, shifting, not just shifting, but on top of the innovation, on top of life skills, on top of communications and marketing and creating a mindset where students don't choose a path of least resistance or changing classes right in the middle, like, oh, I can't do this algebra, I'm, I'm changing. You know, that India, if a child goes and they're like, this is it, there is no going back, right? It's So hopefully things will change, right? Because India is competing with the same markets, US is competing with the same markets, you know, other countries are emerging like China and now, some countries in Africa are emerging as the tech hub. Yes. So yes. a lot of technology innovations are happening around the world. And and I think uh, Indians are still, uh, a very Indian workforce is still very high in demand in the U.S. And uh, as long as, you know, uh, Indian uh, employment issues uh, are there, uh, I think people will continue to go not just to the U.S., they'll go to Australia, they'll still look for U.K., they'll still go to, you know, Central Europe, or they'll still get Mexico. I mean, you name it, right? Uh, uh, Slovakia, Czech Republic, I mean, you name it. And Indian workforce will be there. Uh, but in a way, it benefits India too, you know. Finally, I, I want to ask you that as a first-generation American from your family, uh, Indian-American, what is your advice to people or new parents or young parents now envisioning a future for their children What's your advice to to those people who are probably right now in their late twenties or thirties and they're trying to figure what the next twenty years for their children are going to be like? The young millennial parents, right? Mm -hmm. The young millennial parents and the Gen Zs. Uh, no, absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, my my first thing is, you know, of course, in, enjoy because when you have young kids, that's the, that's the best stage. But uh, you know. Uh, limited exposure to technology. Uh, it's, uh, the human brain is not made for this much of information overload. You know, it's, it's very easy to put a child in front of an iPad and do your chores or whatever you want to do. But uh, in reality, it is, it is not good for the long run. You know, set up, set up limits for when a child should be exposed to technology. You know, there are creative games. You know, these devices can be used for games rather than just putting something on YouTube or watching some channel. Uh, or, but it's, it's, uh, it's just a lot going on. So there are certain ages I would, you know, recommend uh, young parents because our parents didn't have to deal with these issues. I know you and me don't have to, our generation doesn't have to deal with it. But young millennials, Gen Z parents, uh, will deal with a lot of this technology issues with their kids who are not born yet. You know, uh, th their exposure to technology is very high level, very different level. You know, uh, as soon as their kids will turn 11 or 10, 
they will be on social media seeing all kinds of negativity, you know, all kinds of everything that is wrong with this world will be exposed to them, right? Uh, we never worried about it. Something happened in some part of the world, we didn't care. Not that we didn't care, but we didn't care because we didn't know. Right. And and sometimes at a young age, ignorance is good. <laughs> it's like it's okay to not know that something really terrible is going around the world because you want to give these children hope. And sometimes social media takes that hope away from them. Uh, you know, climate is is mess. Wars are going on. Millions of refugees around the world. Like everything is negative, right? And unfortunately, the algorithms on social media are made in a way that if Anuj Gurwara stays on a video for 10 seconds, the next 10 videos will be all about that. And, you know, <laughs> if a child stops at some video of some, someone getting beaten up, all the other videos will be someone getting beaten up. And the child will be like, oh my God, the world is a horrible place. That's like me showing you Jerry Springer's show all day and saying, this is what America is like. And you're like, oh my God, I don't, I never want to go to America, right? If if that's what America is, uh, or 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 just you know, so it's it's I think exposure is what I would worry about because uh, I don't even know what uh, technology will be like in the next five years, right? The jobs that that I'm doing, and also the technology you're using, the work you're doing, uh, they didn't exist, right? all these 5G cloud network and artificial intelligence. I never imagined I would have a patent on artif you know, uh, uh, artificial intelligence or, uh, or you know, I, I would have never imagined that I would be working for a company that's so focused on 5G. There was no 2G, there was no 3G, there was no 4G when we were in college. So let's think about it for a second, right? It's, it's video calling or these were just concepts. So the so the jobs don't exist for some of the parents that you're talking about. The jobs they will be doing don't exist today. Imagine the technology that their children will be exposed to. So my only advice is limit it and expose them to all the amazing things as well that's going on in the world, right? Uh, because the, the, the physical playgrounds have been moved to digital playgrounds. So be careful who they're playing with. Uh, they, they, you know, it's not like Anuj can just look outside the window and say, don't play with that kid. <laughs> it's, it's different. We don't know. A child gets bullied in school. People see that. That's not happening anymore. Anuj comes from school. Uh, all of a sudden, everyone is bullying Anuj on Instagram. Or uh, all the friends just, you know, uh, remove Anuj from the friends list. That's the kind of bullying that's happening. Silent. It's impacting the brain. It's following them home. So please, 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 you know, my advice to young parents is technology comes with its pros and cons and watch it. Wow. Thank you. I think we've known each other over two decades, Salman. Um, you've been a very strong influence on my creative pursuits on on my creative ideas and you know i've always looked up to you uh, as a friend as, as as a brother as someone who's incredibly talented and, and with such clarity and i'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation after all of these years after going through college together and now finally discussing you know education and, and you're on the other side of the screen across continents on my podcast so Thank you so much for, for doing this and doing everything that you are doing in the, the United States to 
hold the community together and to just the make do your bit in making the world a better place so thank you for everything you're doing man i'm i'm so grateful thanks very much thanks very much thank you so much for inviting me absolutely i really enjoyed maza aa gaya bahut dinon ke baad baat karke dil khol ke baat thank you for listening to ed talk with anuj i hope you enjoyed it new episodes drop every friday so don't forget to subscribe and follow ed talk with anuj on social media to stay updated i'll see you next week <laughs>